Welcome back to another episode of Recap, the podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media page. This is the news that not only matters most to our voters, but we also encourage legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I'm your host, Joshua Hyde, and with me is our analyst, Alex Crohanan, and writer, Anthony Arnold. Anthony, how you doing yeah, today? Man. I'm doing good, man. Ready to go. Alex, how you doing today? Another day in hilarious timeline. Ain't it. Okay, let's get started, gentlemen. Alex, or Anthony, talk to us about our polls. Yeah, uh, so uh, about a week ago, we had a poll about a potential vaccine, and I wanted to uh, highlight it and hopefully uh, get some feedback from you guys. So for people who don't know, our polls come out every Friday, so just kind of stay pay, pay attention to our Facebook page. Uh, to, to, and please contribute. So the, the poll question we asked was really simple. Uh, if an American company develops a vaccine for the coronavirus, should American citizens be given first priority on treatment? So there were a couple answers on our Facebook page. One was me, uh, and, and I'll just sort of be honest. I answered that ultimately I think the answer is yes, um, that while the humanitarian enemy wishes it was otherwise, uh, I think the political pressures and things like that will make it very difficult for an American politician to watch vaccines go outside the country while American citizens are suffering. Um, but I did want to give you guys a chance to answer. I see you guys didn't answer on the Facebook page. So I kind of wanted to put you on the spot because it's a difficult <laughs> question. But this is a question that a politician like the next president may have to answer this question. Yep. Um because we are still like 50% of the world's R&D for pharmaceuticals. We still are probably the world's best hope for a vaccine. And so whoever we elect might have to answer this exact question. So President Hyde, President Crohannon, uh, let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear your answers. So on, on the scope of, uh, of a coronavirus vaccine, I, I'd have to say, um, <laughs> um, no, it, I didn't answer it because I was actually trying to, um, this was one of the first polls that I was actually really trying to get my wife to answer. Um, and so I was really trying to get an answer from her, but I didn't end up getting one. So I didn't end up posting it, but I agree with you in that if we do like create a vaccine, if it comes from us, um, I think that it would be really hard to have that go anywhere before it starts to be used here, especially given that we, kind of had the most need of it um given kind of where the where the biggest center for it as a whole like around the whole world so like in in my mind and and maybe this is just me being selfish but like in in my mind even if it gets created elsewhere i still feel like we need it <laughs> <laughs> but i would understand regardless of where it happens that it, it gets distributed wherever it's created first before it goes globally. Um, I think it's a, this is a hard question to like dig into because there's a lot of factors that go into like whether or not you can um, send it elsewhere before you actually, you know, use it to treat whatever's happening in your own nation. But I, I wholeheartedly believe that regardless of where it comes, it, it would probably need to come here at least in the bulk of itself uh, before it, it really starts to become globalized because we need to get America under control. All right. President Crohannon. Um, so ever the, um, ever the humanitarian, I actually, I have to agree. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and Josh kind of uh, said, you're going to steal my thunder out from under me. Um, so I was going to make the, the same argument, but like, so reasonably, like you should, like any, um, you should always, anything like with, should always go to the, like the highest need. And um, we are in fact the highest need. Um, like we are the biggest loser right now. And yes. um, that means that, yeah, like uh, we get the blue shell, right? <laughs> 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 that's a fun little reference for anybody who picked up yes. picked up on that <laughs> yep yes yep. blue shells are ridiculous and i hate them but side note turn off shells. turn off turn off items when you're racing a mario kart complete tangent but turn off items this is ridiculous what this ain't melee final destination fox only no this is ridiculous this is the total tangent this is absurd Blue shells are ridiculous, and I hate them. They're only for people who are getting dusted. <laughs> Any, anyway, I never get the blue shell because I'm always in the lead. <laughs> well, then you never have to worry about it. It's never going to be your concern. Yeah, only for people who hit me with it. <laughs> ridiculous. Don't be so hard. You know, if you're not in first, you know, if you're not in first place, you don't get blue shelled, right? You know, uh, whatever. That's how it works. <laughs> anyway, so. I, uh, so those are good answers. And, and like I said, my answer on our Facebook page was, was very similar. I, I did, you know, I proposed the question and like I said, I proposed it because I think it's one of uh, the next president may have to answer, but also because it scrambles how we like to think of politics. Sometimes, you know, sometimes a, a selfish American first attitude might be appropriate. Uh, you know, we all, I think, are humanitarian sort of guys, and we try to think about the world outside of our borders. But sometimes, yeah, you got to put America first. And I think this may be one of those. So that that's the poll for the week. Like I said, every Friday, guys, uh, new polls, uh, guys and girls out there. So uh, go to our Facebook page and leave a comment so we can get your opinion and feedback. Absolutely. And I mean, just check out things going on on the Facebook page in general. There's a lot of fun things being shared there. We have quotes going on there. We have uh, Saturday morning cartoons going on there. There's lots of really interesting things that we, we try to put out to interact with you guys and more specifically try to get you to interact with us because we really want to know both what you think and what you, uh, especially what you want to see. Now, Alex, oh. the virus uh, is a thing. That, that that time of the yes it is that time of the week again so we uh to we're currently totaling at eight a little over eight million um uh total cases around the united states um over the past um two weeks we are seeing um the co um the covid uh cases surge in um trump country so um montana say Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and um, a bit less Trump country, uh, Wisconsin, because uh, I say, and yeah, right up leading up into um, uh, Trump has a rally scheduled in Wisconsin, um, what I say, later this week. These are choices. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Yep, for sure. So 50, so for the third day in a row, um, we're uh, expected to, um, uh, have over 64,000 cases a day. We're currently at uh, 218,511 deaths, tracking at about 600 new deaths a day. And this is all, you know, white noise at this point, um, which is uh, heartbreaking. Um, Incredibly. 
globally, um, like I said a little bit ago, we are still number one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. With India rapidly um, closing the gap at uh, seven and a half million cases uh, today. Oh, Lord. So, um, like I said a few weeks ago, um, and about about this time, uh, uh, our, our next uh, podcast, uh, India, will probably have more cases than us, and we will finally be number two. There you go. I mean, I don't know if I'm actually happy about that at all. <laughs> hey, but... I mean, y- yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we we want we want to see the number go down, ideally because we handle it better, not because um, you know one of the dense, most densely populated countries in the world um, is having some political strife right now, and that's uh, <laughs> feeding the virus. But you know, you take them where you can get them. I say, uh, yeah. I say, we take these wins, right? Like, <laughs> whenever uh, we can, we we got to take whatever we can get. Yeah. No, yeah, no. The, um, the numbers remain what they always are, and I think uh, I, I wonder if people are maybe getting to grasp that the worst uh, could very well be ahead of us, not behind us, which I think people maybe didn't think would be the case, but. Um, that was the case a hundred years ago when the Spanish flu came, it was the second and third wave in the fall and winter. That was really ugly because people go indoors and the spread becomes more likely. Uh, I think that's probably gonna be the case this, this time. Um, right. um, so that's a little deceptive. Um, yeah, it's a little deceptive. Yeah. But well, because the, the thing that caused yeah. the second wave to be so bad was the movement of troops. Right. 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 It's the movement of troops, but so, uh, they had instituted some yeah. they had instituted some preventative measures early on as well uh cities mm-hmm. did some measures and then by the time that wave came people were sick of doing those measures <laughs> which is what we're going to see Wait, <laughs> hey, humans do that that's right thing? right which is what we're going to see this time too right around the time this wave comes is going to be the exact time that people are sick of um doing anything to stop it so um Oh, I say uh, as another bit of uh, inter- interesting, um, uh, like tidbit. So, um, if you uh, look at the um, breakdown of um, eth- uh, say of race and ethnicity, um, number of cases, the um, you see, you want to take a guess at the one demographic that is um, disproportionately affected on a national level. National level. I I mean, I would assume African Americans. You would you would be incorrect. Hispanic and Latino. Really? Um, so uh, they make up roughly 16.9% of the, of the U.S. population and are accounting for 28.1% of all cases. Oh, shit. Goodness. What? That's that, yeah, so almost 50, like almost 50%, um, I say, outlier. Oh, goodness. Are there any theories on why? Um, I, I mean... mean I, I don't really have any on top of my head. I'm just curious. I could, I mean, I could, I mean, not that I, not that I've read, not that I've seen. Um, so we've talked about like the, like the herb, like the urban problem and the poverty problem, but, right. um, beyond, beyond those. I think that's something worth exploring. That's definitely. Say, uh, Sasha's calling in. So you just want to uh, go to her for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey guys. So I'm glad you actually brought this up. And there was an article I read uh, two weeks back, actually, that BBC did. 
And it was specifically uh, looking at COVID amongst uh, people who work uh, within the meat industry. And it was seeing that, unsurprisingly, it was a lot of uh, Latino-Hispanic people who are making up the huge number of COVID cases. And I don't know exactly, you know, what degree of these people might be undocumented immigrants or might be, you know, Latinos who do blue-collar work, but I could assume a, a fair amount. And I know based on the article that I read, unfortunately, a lot of Latinos, whether they be undocumented who are working these, like, low-paying blue-collar jobs, do not have the option to take off or just might not have the option to actually get medical help based on status. So I'd be interesting to see mm. if there's any correlation between the two statements I made and seeing these rising numbers of COVID within the Latin community. I can say I can see that. Um, and uh, Josh, to, to answer your question, so um, or your um, statement, so there is a, a bit of an uptick in the um, in the Black non-Hispanic community. Um, so they make up about twelve point six percent of the U.S. population and account an amount and account for seventeen point three percent. Mm. So th there is an overrepresentation there, but not like not quite to the extreme. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that's some that's some very interesting information, Sasha. And I I appreciate you bringing it up. And more importantly, I think it's definitely something worth exploring. That may be something we can look into in a in a future episode, um, especially if we have some articles that we could dig into for that. Now. Speaking of articles, good segue, Josh. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that are currently featured on our Facebook page. We'll go over these just uh, just a little bit. The, um, most of these, with one exception, um, are pretty pretty simple, although one of them I, I really want to get you guys' opinion on, at least a, a solid year and a. But first, the first thing featured, if you were to look on there now, uh, after this uh, gets released, is a quote, actually, Anthony, from you. Ah, yes. In, in your episode of Smart Politics, shameless plug, definitely yeah. go check that out. <laughs> definitely an interesting episode. And if you're someone who is interested as to how politics can break down here in America, that's definitely something you want to check out. It may not necessarily quell your concerns, but it will definitely give you a lot to think about. Uh, but it, it's definitely things that are that are useful to think about in terms of like how how things do unfold if we don't try to do something about them. Um, yep. it, it's definitely a precautionary tale. And again, definitely worth something or definitely worth your listen if you haven't listened to it already. It's also pretty short. It's like what, 15, 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. short. Pretty bite-sized. You, you, can, you can check it out on your way to work or something. Yep. Um, first real article uh, that, that I found here was uh, Mitch McConnell uh, on Saturday, he detailed a $50 billion skinny corona, belief, corona relief bill um, that the Senate's going to vote on this coming Wednesday. Um, the bill itself is far more targeted than the $1.8 trillion relief measure uh, that's been proposed earlier this month and Trump has been trying to push out the window. Um, we'll, we'll see exactly what that ends up looking like, but that... that um, I looked into it just a tad bit. Uh, it is significantly more targeted at like various areas of um, coronavirus relief, such as you know expanding things like uh, unemployment benefits and other things along those lines. Definitely worth a look at if you're interested to see exactly how government is trying to help combat corona. 
um, that isn't directly putting money in your pocket. Uh, second thing I want to talk about is uh, the there's an article from Business Insider looking at, and this is something I didn't. This one of the things I I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, it's looking at how members, black members of parliament, um, you know, outside of here, um, it, it's it's looking at kind of their experience and some of the injustices that they've been facing, um, and also why the Black Lives Matter movement gives them hope for the future. Um, this really kind of stuck out to me because I wasn't actually, I, I've I've never really given a lot of thought to how like racism happens outside of America. Like I'm, I'm so used to dealing with American racism that I forget that other people outside of us deal with that stuff too on a much, in some cases, very different level than we do. Um, and especially given that, you know, all the injustices that we face, regardless of, you know, what we choose to get into, whether that's, you know, black people here in America dealing with racism in the arts industry and the science industry, all that other good stuff. It's, it was quite surprising to look at like the in the article details like literal accounts like from from direct interviews with people uh, black people who are directly involved in government um, their their struggles and and things that they face and that's actually very interesting to read you should definitely check that out if you are someone like me who doesn't always think globally um, and are curious as to how these things have affected uh, people outside of us us meaning the U.S. Uh, the third thing I wanted to highlight here is, and this is the this is the thing I really wanted to talk to you guys about. This is this is something I'm actually expecting a response for. Uh, P. Diddy is launching <laughs> a black political party. Um, he, he's he's starting it with the goal of being able to quote create a platform to advance a political agenda that addresses the needs of black people. Um, as of now, he already has the support of uh, a selected group of elected officials, along with several activists that are calling for this same type of uh, party that they believe needs to address the needs of Black people. And uh, my question to you guys regarding this is, um, is, is this is this a good thing or is this not the way we should go about it? I want to hear what Anthony has to say about this before it. I weigh in. I knew this. I knew that. <laughs> I was like, we'll see what Alex does. I was like, he's going to kick this to me. Um, <laughs> he is I, uh, absolutely right. going to kick this I'm to trying you. To, I'm trying to keep my answer my answer brief, as brief as I can. It's Because it's, it's, it's a complicated topic, right? Um <sighs> There, you have to acknowledge, right, that neither of the two major parties has done a good job at all of serving the interests of Black people. Like, that's just a statement of fact, right? So once you work from there, you go, okay, can we improve the current, because basically we're talking about the Democrat Party, right? Yeah. Can we make the Democrat Party more receptive to the needs of Black people? I have argued that the answer is no. I do not think you can. Um, I think that what is likely to happen is what we're seeing right now with Biden, right? Which is uh, Biden has, Biden's campaign is being powered largely by disgruntled suburban voters, disgruntled suburban women in particular, who are largely white. Um, 
that's what's powering his his lead right now. That's what powered the Democrat Party in the midterms. That's a more lucrative target for them because it's just a bigger number. So if given the chance, they're going to prioritize those voters over black voters again. Um, that's political reality. I think it's political reality. So the question is, like, what should black people do? The, the first option that they're currently doing, Alex and I talked about this privately, is they're using their influence during the primary process by basically saying, if we vote as a block, we can determine who becomes a candidate. Because Super Tuesday comes, the black states will have their way. That's it. This has been the case, like, every single time. When those states weigh in, they get to determine who the candidate is. All that Vermont, Iowa, New Hampshire stuff, that's fine and dandy. But when the Southern heavy blacks, you know, black heavy Southern states weigh in, they determine, you know, who they are. So that that's one way to exercise their power. But outside of that, they're struggling to exercise power, which means that, yeah, the other way is, do you want to break off and start your own thing? Um, right. For this election, I think that's clear what the priority is. But long term, do I think it's a good idea? Yes, to be to be blunt, I do. Because I think um, while there are struggles with it, and I think it would break the Democrat coalition, and that would be to some degree bad, because if the if black people broke away from the Democrats, Democrats would have a struggle winning. But uh, if parties aren't going to respond to your needs, you need to be willing to to take some more dramatic action to make them to make them listen. Uh, so. This it's a complicated question. Look, this is it complicated. Is. We could do like an yeah. hour on this. I'm trying to keep my answer brief. I didn't even succeed. But, but. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, my my brief my my brief counter to this is uh, this, this is this is a terrible idea. Um, and uh, just need, need needs to be um, uh, um, how do we say something not awful? It just need, need, needs to just be killed. It needs to be stopped. Um, stop it now. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this, yes, this is a complicated topic, and um, I. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Right. Um, and we have, mean, okay, okay, we've had this discussion before. Um, yep. <laughs> I'll say off the air, and we were talking about um, like the Smithsonian um, up say um, did their uh, bit on like a bit on white culture. Yep. Um, and the problem because uh, when you put everything through a racial lens, um, you um, you make everything more racist. Well, yes, say, <laughs> yes. Um, you you are going to say you inherently you say because um other like you inherently make it us versus them. You are making this position that it um let's say that it will, and you are like. Uh, enshrining this position that it is us versus them um we have our own political process and uh, we have our own political party and you don't get to be a part of it um and all that that does is it um green lights the like it green lights the same racial theory that um you know that's um propagated by the alt-right that's propagated by nazis um and that's the other side of the coin you're like, yeah. So, I guess I should have been a little more. Thanks for bringing that up, actually. So, 
I should be specific. If your goal is to only try and address the needs of black people as a group, then this is the idea. But but you have a black caucus for that. That's why right. you have that. For. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is this is very you this have is the NAACP for this purpose. Stop. This is this is so again, this take is so win. complicated. Take, take like, your win, take your win and move on. Stop it. Like because the problems we're also gonna see is we're gonna run up against the limitations of, of some of this. If Joe Biden becomes president, like in the world where Joe Biden is president. He has to immediately pass something with coronavirus. He has to pass like a $2 trillion stimulus. He has to do a bunch real quick, right? Things like criminal justice are going to get pushed down the priority list almost by necessity, Mm -hmm. Uh, which people don't like to think about. But you maybe can get two or three things done if you're lucky. Big things. Yeah, I say it's a lot of political capital. (sighs) Correct. Uh, So the idea is like – a black centered party would prioritize things like criminal justice more highly, but it, that's the theory. Now, Alex is right. Cause him and I have talked about this. This doesn't work in practice. Like in practice, this won't work. It, it almost can't work because it would destroy our politics in ways that I don't think people are kind of anticipating. Again, this is a really complicated answer. And I think we've probably gone longer. I do want to, I do want you to at least finish your point before we, before we wrap it up. Okay. So Alex and I, what him and I have talked about before is basically, uh, if you define everything in terms of race, you will only highlight people to see their race as a thing that should drive everything in their lives. So white people will see, well, we should have our, our identify as a white culture. And black people say, well, we should identify as a black culture. And people like me will, who are biracial will go, what the hell do you want us to do? And we'll just be permanently and ever confused and outsiders forever, which welcome to 35 years of my life. <laughs> like, uh, so ultimately, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea if you want to fix our politics. But if you just want to have a way where you can make sure that the needs of black people are always being aired outside of the Congressional Black Caucus, then like – yeah, it's the best way to, to make sure your concerns are. Yeah, I think there are probably better ways to go about it. Um, I say, I say, um, I say, I say, uh, gra- I say grassroots coalitions. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, and, there, are, there are ways that goodness. you can do this. Doing a black political party is not one of them. Okay. Like I like I said, you're going. <laughs> We're, I'm gonna go ahead and cut it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can we can absolutely break this down a bit further in a in a discussion episode because this yeah. is this is very much a meaty topic and yeah. uh, that's a bit more than I was anticipating <laughs> you guys to say. But you know what? You you guys bring up a lot of good points. Um, I I was feeling something similar, although I don't think the creation of it or at least the the wants to make something that cares that the, a political maybe not a party but a, a political movement that that cares more about the concernings of black and brown people feels like a good idea um i, I definitely think there's something good that can be salvaged out of it um we can get into maybe why it's not as much of a great idea 
a bit later. But I just wanted to go ahead and highlight the fact that it's happening because it is in fact happening and it's uh, hmm, definitely interesting. Those are some of the things that I wanted to go ahead and highlight on the uh, on the website today. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. This is definitely um, a fun little a fun little episode today. This podcast is brought to you in part by LEI Productions, the studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on our Facebook page. It's where we do all of our things. We definitely like interacting with you guys there, especially on those polls. Check those out every Friday. Thank you guys for listening. Y'all have a good night. Josh out.